Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. WWF Light Heavyweight Champion Gilbert, brother, and you're listening to the Breeding Guild Podcast. Hello, Cretans, and welcome to the next episode of the Cretans Guild Podcast. I am Skipper Bob, and tonight, well, for this particular episode, what you're going to hear is a replay of what Corey and I did recently, where we hosted a ask us anything kind of situation. Corey was a little late, so I was just randomly answering questions to people, and we're just going to crash right into it. Again, this is the Cretans Guild Podcast, and tonight we're going to be talking about some headlining stuff such as the writer strike, the actor strike, but of course we have to open it very awkwardly, so uh, just buckle up. <laughs> All right, this is cool. All right, so we've been on for about 26 minutes, and I've just been talking ad randomly. Uh, usually in situations like this, when you're doing a live thing and you bring someone in, it's best to first mention to them that, hey, we're live. Um, unfortunately, this guy, or fortunately, I guess depending on how you see th- this guy has no filter whatsoever. So everyone, welcome to the stream. Corey. Who the fuck is that? Oh, that's me. That's what it feels like to get like a proper introduction, and that's how I handle it by completely fucking tripping over the threshold. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> All right, what's the deal tonight? I didn't. Are we doing like live, live? Like our other people? Yeah, we we are live. We're basically we're taking uh, live questions. So far, we got uh, theme park Rob and review it, Rob. That's kind of funny that we have both of our Robs. <laughs> Two of our three Robs. We're getting mobbed by Robs. Yeah, we get we got them in the chat. Oh, hello, hey. So I was thinking, there's a couple of like headlining events going on. I wanted to talk about some of which would be very interesting to get your take on it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I just want. Oh, by the way, Happy National Hot Dog Day. <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, it makes sense. Hot dogs ought to have a day. Everybody else does. Every other thing does. I think donuts have like three national days throughout the entire year, throughout the span of a year. Yeah, it's like National Donut Day, National Glazed Donut, National Donut Hole. It's <laughs> National Put Your Glaze on a Donut Hole Day. Wait, why did I think that, of that's donuts? That's a different <laughs> things after you mentioned that it's National Hot Dog Day. I don't know. Well, I wanted to get your opinion because you lived in Chicago for a little while. Mm-hmm. How yep. long did you win? Uh, well, the first time I was there for about a year, the second time I'd say six months, and then the third time about four months. So, like, altogether, two years. Yeah, we'll say two years worth. Yeah. All right. So then you've you've had some traditional Chicago hot dogs, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What is a traditional Chicago hot dog? Uh, usually speaking, now see, uh, I didn't I've, have. The... I've heard. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I've heard mm-hmm. there's no ketchup. There's no ketchup. No, you, you don't ask for a ketchup on a hot dog. But it's not like you're going to get punched in the face if you do. They'll just be like, okay, well, here's ketchup on your hot dog, you fucking weirdo. Oh, they'll, they'll, they'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> yeah, silently. They won't even tell you that you're a fucking weirdo. But they'll give you your fucking ketchup, you fucking weirdo. Um, no, all right. What, what else do you think is on a Chicago dog first? Uh, Chicago so get dog. Like the... uh-huh. uh, I would say chili. Maybe some uh, chili. 
There's no chili, no. Okay, how about uh, onion? Uh, there is onion, yes. Okay, cheese? That's more mm. of a Wisconsin, I would assume, but I figure no. it's close enough. No cheese, but I've had people. I've seen people you put cheese on their on their dogs. Yeah. Okay. Um, any kind of like uh, relish or pickle? Uh, you do get uh, you do get relish. Uh, you don't get. Wait, yeah, I'm sorry. You do get a pickle, but it has to be like cut lengthwise and then sandwiched, like wedged right into the bun next to the dog. <laughs> Rob just. I wasn't relish. even thinking of that, Rob. <laughs> Here comes a Pompillos. Oh, oh, wait, Pompillos or Portillos? Are we talking about the same thing? I think he meant Portillos. The Portillos? Yeah. Right, well, you got to Port. You can't. You can go to, go to Portillos for Chicago dogs. We got to go there for uh, for the Polish for the most part. Oh, Polish dog. Well, that's almost mm -hmm. a, a separate meal altogether. Yeah, I mean, made with completely different parts of the pig, and that's if your hot dogs are made out of any part of a pig whatsoever. Yeah. Um, right. Rob <laughs> is saying it's relish, mustard, pickle, and onion. Yes, he's just about there. But what really makes it a, a Chicago dog, and this is Jay usually gives you like such harsh shit for it, is he calls it a salad on a hot dog. So what else you need is to have uh, two sport peppers, tomato slice, and a bunch of celery salt on the top of it. Now that's a lot of shit on your dog. That's that's a ton of shit on your dog, which is why I tend to get them for dinner whenever I didn't have any money. <laughs> but um, uh, what what made what made my uh, enjoyment of the Chicago hot dog very untraditional was that what do I hate on my hot dogs? Mustard. Oh. I don't have mustard on my hot dogs. So every time I went into, uh, there was a place that that was literally like a block away from me um, uh, called like Flubba Dub. Uh, what's that? First one of the show. Oh, see, no. I, I'll mute my mic if I have to cough or burp, but no, you just let it all fly. That's where the no filter thing came from. Or at least I can live up to that part of the claim, because once you said that, I'm like, shit, do I like drop an N-bomb here or something? I can't do that. Jesus. <laughs> do I say something like completely abominable? Well, give me, a little, give me a little bit of time to like warm up first. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, we'll anyway, plenty of warming up. Yeah. So, okay. So I would go into, uh, I would go into Flubbadubs and be like, oh, it's the guy that gets a Chicago dog without any fucking mustard, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, because mustard's disgusting. Unless, and I found this out in the last week, you cook a burger on top of it. Then it's like almost God tier, but that's Drop a what? If you cook a, if you cook like a burger on top of it, all right. Here's what happened. Um, sorry to bring the conversation away from dogs into something else. Um, Go for it. But uh, I got a mailer um, for uh, a homemade version of the In-N-Out burgers, uh, double double uh, monster style. Okay, or I'm sorry, animal style. Um, and uh, that's supposed to be like one of the things that you have to do when you go out to California. And uh, I had been out to California twice recently. And both times I did it. And both times I was like, this fucking sucks. I had a, there's no reason anybody should pay like more than four bucks for one of these abominations. So oh, I thought you meant just going to California in general. No, no, a lot, a lot of California is pretty neat and a lot of it's not, but it's a huge cut of land. So there's going to be variables. Anyway, we're talking about fucking food, Bob. I don't know why you can't just stay on the subject. Right, burgers. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, this is... This tells me how to make my own version of this, but homemade. Uh, let's see if maybe I just got both of these sandwiches from like bad in and outs, and maybe there's something redeemable here. Maybe we can scratch the surface of it. And not only did I end up making like the biggest goddamn hamburger of my entire life, like you should never let me like near a one pound slab of meat ever, because 
I create things that would scare the living fucking lettuce off of a Fuddruckers burger. And it's that's you're not supposed to ingest to that. Theme Park Rob knows. In and out is severely overrated. Uh, I'll tell you what though, it's not as overrated as goddamn Whataburger is because Whataburger was just fucking disgusting. In and out, it left me a little bit dry. It was disappointing. Whataburger fucking blows. Like capital B blows. Um, <laughs> That's a hard B right there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the rest of the letters are capital too. B L O W S blows all the way and not in the best of ways. Um, so, right. Uh, so I went ahead and made one. And uh, what you do is you caramelize onions first, uh, and then you take those out, put them aside, and you drop two uh, raw patties into the pan. All right, you don't like hard frying or anything like that. Uh, salt, pepper on one side, flip them down. On the uncooked side, salt and pepper, and then you slather mustard all over it. And then once the bottom side is done cooking, you flip them so that you're cooking them in the mustard. You, okay, you cook cook it with the mustard on it. You cook it with the mustard on it, and then you eat it. And then you blow fat ass nuts because that shit is so. <laughs> okay. Because... I, Jesus Christ. I can't even give you a compliment before you get. <laughs> right. I was going to say that makes kind of sense because uh, the, the, the moisture from the, the mustard would soak into the meat as you're cooking it. Yeah, it doesn't burn or anything. It's yeah. brilliant. Um, and it's funny that, like, the, the, like, you brought up the science of it because I'm over here and you know, Mary. She's like a student of, uh, you know, the, uh, the Rachel Ray uh, University of Stovetop Magic and all that. So whenever we're like cooking stuff, she's always dropping this mad science on me. And I'm trying to pick up as much as I can. And that makes total sense. Like, yeah. there's, it, I guess it's because there's too much moisture or something, whatever it was that you just said, that would make well, a lot more sense to me if I thought about it for more than a, a second. Um, it, it doesn't like there's there's no chars or anything. You don't even have to scrape anything out of the pan when you're done. And most importantly, it's goddamn delicious. Uh, I had we no idea. Like, are, are we talking like pan fry? Yep, straight up in a, uh, like not even in an iron cast iron skillet or anything. You just get a pan, right. put it on the stovetop, and then do what comes naturally. Oh, okay. So that <clears throat> that that would lead me up to uh, like my next question. Which would you prefer your hot going back to hot dogs? Mm -hmm. uh, do you prefer them uh, rolled, uh, boiled, steamed, or air fried? Huh. What's rolled? Oh, you mean uh, like... Where it's on the, yeah, it's on the... <laughs> I didn't know that was officially sanctioned methodology, but... I didn't know what else sure. to call it other than the 7-Eleven method. Uh, I, I'd say corralled, maybe... Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh promenaded um okay so rolled you said steamed uh boiled and air fried which is my personal air favorite uh, for the longest time i've had them boiled and the thing i i'm not super into hot dogs because if you have one like by itself it's just like i know what part of the raccoon they use to make this <laughs> and i'm not into the it the tail yeah no pig lips and assholes you saw the great outdoors right yeah <laughs> It's all byproduct. Um, hot dogs to me, like on natural, are not that tasty. Um, but I did have them recently, uh, like by themselves, air fried with a couple of notches cut in the top of them, and we crisped them up, kind of like uh, around where the cuts were made. And it was actually, it was actually pretty tasty. So uh, I suppose that would have to be the preferred method. Now, at most of the places that I used to get them at, you know, over there, um, I don't really know how they cooked them. I think they just straight up grilled all of them. Um, but those you can eat naked without any of the salad involved. 
naked wieners, yeah. Bob. There it is. Are you happy I, now? I love how I wanted to talk about stuff that's going on in the headlines, and here we are. We're talking about hot dogs and being naked while you're eating them. What the fuck could be more important than that experience? I, I know. Uh, review it, Rob. Uh, brought up something great. <laughs> Speaking of dropping bombs, happy Barbenheimer, Barbenheimer week. Barbenheimer week. All right. Well, we've got something to Google now. Hang on a sec. What do you mean, Google? It's Barbenheimer week. It's the the release of Barbie movie and Oppenheimer. Is an internet phenomenon. It's on the it's on it's got its own Wikipedia entry. God damn it! Um, <laughs> is an internet phenomenon that began circulating ahead of the simultaneous theatrical release of two films diametrically opposed in genre. All right, so hmm. you know what this it reminds me a lot of when Animal Crossing released the same day as With Doom, Doom and yeah. the two the two fan bases like, hey, all right, cool, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, you, you see Isabel saying rip and tear until it's done. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> but now I, that word, that term, the reason it has a Wikipedia page apparently is it's used it's it's to refer to that phenomenon. That the the clashing, I guess, vibes of each of these two disparate properties. Except for when they don't clash, they actually get along. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Barbie do be dropping bombs, but I don't know if they wipe out Japan. <clears throat> I am become deaf. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm only Ken. Or I'm just Ken. Ah, fuck. Damn, damn it. Never mind. All right. You get it right. Eventually. We'll, we'll fix it in post. Oh, thank you. All right. Uh, all right. So also later on in like just a few days, we have uh, Comic-Cons coming on. Uh, nice rhyming. Uh, your Comic-Con? No. Com- the Comic-Con. Oh, SDCC. That one? I, yes. The one that the one that's over near the In and Out on Santa Barbara, like way yeah. west here. <laughs> that's what I thought it was, but now that you're asking, I, I'm questioning into my head. But I thought that's what it was. Like when you say Comic Con, it's the San Diego Comic Con. That there's nothing else that you can just label as Comic Con and get away with it. I usually think of like three, uh, and just to, just to put all your self doubt aside, it is San Diego Comic Con. It's happening, happening? No, uh, July the twentieth through the twenty third, and that's pretty soon um i usually think of three of them uh it's either the megacon because you know we've been down there which that one last year mm-hmm. the year before this year and next year mm-hmm. completely different times of the year eh? well I, yeah because it was covid yeah it just while, right? they, yeah. it fluctuated like from may to february to april to july it's like what pick a fucking month guys uh, it's always going to be March to me. If it ain't, it's going to be like sub Comic Con. Um, there's um, SDCC. That's the one that everyone knows. And then there's C2E2 because whereas MegaCon was regional to me, uh, you know, a little while ago, that one's regional to me now. Um, now there's another big one that people kind of like. Actually, two, two I think um, that people kind of forget about is the New York Comic Con, which is still a big deal in the entertainment industry. And I believe. Hold up. All right, take your shots. I don't think Wizard World is a thing anymore. So, oh, I, I couldn't tell you on that. But I, I yeah. it, now that you met, uh, you were going all these other cons. I remember mm-hmm. Anime Con in L.A. a couple weeks ago, just dramatically um, undervenued or oversold. One of the two, because somebody mm-hmm. like lots of people were stepping over to balconies and they were holding their phones out, and you just see like no floor space it's just all people for oh my oh, god yeah oh, oh you, yeah you've seen it okay. okay i saw the photo i didn't know what it was from 
but I was like, God damn, that place either smells too much like axe or too much like ass, and I'm so glad I'm not there. <laughs> or a weird potpourri of the two. Or a weird, uh, just unseemly potpourri of the two. It's just, it's just an assault on the nose. Um, How is that not like a fire hazard? How is that not a safety issue? Uh, just, I don't care. Just sell the tickets. Well, uh, okay, okay, okay. If they were standing room, well, they have to stop selling them at some point, correct? I don't think they did. <laughs> other, th- other than that, they sold more than the venue could handle. It's, it, it, I think one of the, the major issues was uh, the loading area was on the ground floor. The convention mm-hmm. was on the upper floor. The only way to get from lower to upper was this really thin singular escalator. Oh, wow. Which okay. just like it, everyone was cl- just jellyfished around the, the entrance. And it obviously it escalator moves at the speed it does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, escalators what, move at the speed of escalators. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, that is actually is actually a scientific demark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, since we're talking about Comic-Con, I wanted to ask a couple of trivia questions. Uh, okay. Comic-Con related, and if anyone uh, is watching, they can uh, type in their answers if they want. Um, this comic book character is considered the first true comic book hero back in 1936, because all comic book characters at that time uh, were story-based, like cowboys and Indians, or pulp pulp characters there wasn't an actual superhero hero type of character yeah yeah there wasn't there wasn't like an icon or something yeah so who who do you think was the first one in 1936 (sighs) 36 human torch formerly of formerly of no human torch was one of the original marvels yeah Uh, it's a really good guess but i think this, this predates that this might predate that. All right, how many guesses does one get? Uh, well, I guess as many of you. I can give. I wasn't sure if this would give it away, but I have the creator's name. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead and hit me with one of with that. Uh, Lee Falk. The Phantom. The Phantom. Seriously? Yeah. Oh no shit! <laughs> That's pretty cool. I wouldn't yeah. have known that. Well, the yep. Embark Rob got yeah, it. Yeah, he got it. Yeah. Unless he Googled it. Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Oh, shit. Flash Gordon's what? a really good guess. Was Flash Gordon a comic book character? Yeah, comic I thought he was strip. just a serial. Uh, he, was, he, was a, he was a comic strip character first. Um, I, see, I was going to go with either Flash Gordon. The Phantom was, like, way off my radar because I honestly thought that was middle century. I thought Fuck, like, came way after, like, even the spirit. Um, but that might be because we kept... They actually ran the Phantom comic strip in the news press. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of equate that with my childhood. And, you know, no older, well, a little bit older than that, but not much. So I was going to say either that or maybe Doc Sampson or maybe The Shadow. But I oh, thought The Shadow would have been, yeah, that would be yeah. a good guess. When did Superman debut? Uh, Superman would have been in the um, 40s? No. Uh, no, no, no. I think Superman was actually late 30s. Late 30s? Okay. Yeah. So maybe The Phantom beat him by like a year or two. I suppose. But that was one of those things where I just kind of forgot that comic strips existed for a little bit. But not not really as a medium. You usually think of like Terry and the Pirates and you know Crazy Cat and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. A 1962 copy of this <laughs> comic book was sold for 3.6 million dollars in auction. I just said a bunch of shit that old people totally know about. <laughs> 
Uh, sorry, was the last part of the question? Uh, this comp in 1960 uh, made in 1962 was sold for 3.6 million at auction the world's most expensive comic book um, um it's not a traditional name so think of like uh what marvel was before oh. marvel and dc before dc yeah uh review it rob with the year for superman 1938 yeah. cool see it. yeah cool that's that awesome, necessary rob. but yeah the phantom just slid he probably ran past him yeah Faster than a speeding bullet, huh? Um, all right, Amazing Fantasy 15. I'm going to guess that. Uh, it, you know what? The number isn't listed, but it is Amazing Fantasy. First appearance of Spider-Man. E, yeah, that would make sense. Um, mm -hmm. 62, yeah, yeah Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Wait, how about shit? Do, now, am I, am I like cutting in front of people in line here? Because... Their immediacy is kind of an advantage to us or to me. Uh, yeah, it, it takes like twenty seconds to see their responses, but um, you know, it, we're all, it's just no one. There's no prize involved, so what? No oh, yeah, fuck. not even a respect. You take your ten dollar haircut and get out of here. Sorry, I forgot you had me under contract. <laughs> yeah, I owe you a coke. <laughs> Where's my coke, Bob? I'm going to send the Union Boys afterwards if I don't see that 10-pack show up. Yeah. Break a kneecaps over a Coca-Cola. <laughs> don't let All your right. Teamsters be memesters. Uh, we'll just do one more of these. <laughs> <laughs> that just hit my brainwaves. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sure Theme Park Rob loved that one. The Twitter post said something about a... Ooh! Are you dealing with legalities now? Uh-oh. Uh, okay, sure. Hold, hold me to that in court. <laughs> oh, right. you're up, fellas. Yeah, all right. One, one more of these. Okay, okay. This market uh, is the largest comic book buying market in the world with over $2 billion every year. It's Mar kind of a trick question. Uh, let me see. Um, a market? So you mean like a regional? Like a Yes region it's gotta be japan if it ain't japan then it has to be uh canada what the fuck does canada have <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh, okay. that's why they're buying comics they have alpha flight oh that's a good point i didn't even think about that huh. it's not canada all right no but that makes me think of france because france has their own uh, france has their own um uh, their own comic book scene but they still like they're one of the heaviest imports importers of American and Japanese comics at the same time. So shit. Mm. I'm still gonna go with Japan. Um, because they do import our comics, just not to the volume that France does, and there's more geography to contend with. So oh, probably I, more I, outlets. I never there. would have guessed that. France imports more of our comics than Japan does. Dude, France fucking does they just love comics. <laughs> Is that why they're always rioting? Uh, could be. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they don't I'll, get enough I'll comics. Ask, I'll ask you that. This. Um, what does the word manga translate to? Comics. Yeah. So. Why are you such a son of a bitch, Bob? Jeez, you could have played this fair. We could have like. Rob's not even going to get his prize now because I guessed ahead of him, and like he can't afford lawyers. God damn it, Bob. Get him pro bono. All right, I'm, I'm over it. I'm fine now. Okay. Yeah. You good? So manga translates to comics, and that was why it was a trick question. Canada does have doubly do right. Damn, way to it, show me up. Is that a comic? 
No, but it's Dudley fucking do right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> they have Dudley yeah. do right. They have Alpha Fly, and technically, yes, they also have Deadpool and Wolverine. But but we stall them. Yeah, we did. Yeah, sorry. I mean, Wolverine is up there. You know, he's all about the beer, and, and they got Molson. You know, he's, that's worth breaking the border for, probably to some alcoholics. <laughs> Fucking figure it out. <laughs> Fucking figure it out. Awesome. All right, well, speaking of stealing stuff, uh, you want to talk about the actor-writer strike that's going on right now? Sure thing. I I, uh, I have to admit that I, I like know almost nothing about it. Oh, don't worry. Um, I, I've done some research. Oh, okay, good. All right. Well, Who was Rocky and Bullwinkle research. in Canada? Uh, yeah, actually, that was... It was Dudley do versus Boris and Natasha, right? And Boris and Natasha were overlap characters with, Buck, uh, with Rocky and Bullwinkle. Correct? Were they? I thought they were. I thought they were separate cartoons made by the same studio. I mean, they were, okay, there was Dudley Do-Right and then Polly. And Polly was always getting kidnapped and tied to the train tracks. By Boris and Natasha? Oh, fuck. Oh. oh, yeah, he had his own bad guy. Um, the Hanna-Bar mustache guy. Well, it wasn't Dick Dastardly, because that's Hanna-Barbera. No, yeah, no, no, not him. Comic book for Canada, and I kid you not, Captain Canuck. He's fucking right. They're actually... <laughs> I totally forgot about Captain Canuck. Son of a bitch. <laughs> That's true. And also, um, also, I forgot about this, too. Uh, if we're going with like uh, Batman Incorporated, Canada had their own Batman for a while. I think they probably do still, but, you know, Grant Morrison's not writing Batman anymore, so what, what was they probably haven't mentioned him. Uh, Canada's Batman. Hang on a second. This is going to be a Google search. Sorry to be, you know, such a cheater here. But I thought you were going to tell me one of the Robins was from Canada. Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. It's a Canadian Batman. It's just badass, and the logo looks like a bat, but with moose antlers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I'm not finding any information on the Canadian Batman. News. I'm Batman, eh? All right, Batman of all nations. This is from the DC Wiki. So let's see what Canada's got. Um, Canada doesn't have one. No, that's not right. Really? They don't have. They don't need one because there's no rooftops tall enough for him to to repel from. Like, <laughs> why don't they have a, a Spider-Man either? Same reason. Oh, come on. Like, Vancouver exists. <laughs> he could be, he could be like, patrolling the Timmy Hortons, you know. All crime is within Ontario, man. That's, that's true. And it's only the major metropolitan areas. Uh, I mean, going by that metric, he really only does stick to Gotham City. When when crime becomes uh, an international interest to him, it's only because the Justice League rope, ropes him into it. And you've read those issues of the Justice League where Batman's like, nope, I'm out. Not good enough. See ya. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it could probably... I, I think it wouldn't be Vancouver. Vancouver is well-known because it is like a place of industry. It's where a lot of TV shows are filmed. Now, the, the Vancouver mm -hmm. comic book characters are more of like the Wolverine and the like the wilderness style. Oh, yeah? I, yeah, so they're, they're mostly rural. Sasquatch, for God's sake. Sasquatch is class. And how could I forget about him? Shit. Wendigo, too, come to think of it. Yeah, same thing, yeah. Yeah, basically the same guy, yeah, but still technically separate characters. Um, no, I think uh, I think Toronto would be like uh, the home base for uh, the Canadian Batman if 
There is, and it's fucking weird that I can't locate him on. It's basically like the major node, of, <laughs> the major node, like for the information addicted. And it's like, well, maybe he doesn't exist. Maybe he himself is actually a myth. A guy in Canada went by Brampton Batman. <laughs> It actually did pop up on the Google search. I didn't know if he wanted to open up the can of worms or not. <laughs> I'm suction cup man. Look at me go. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. So there's a strike going on. Not of yeah, Batman, yeah, yeah. but of writers and actors. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. Start, oh, I'll, which I'll would give include you... a couple of Batman, actually. Oh, that's true. Yeah, some yeah. of them are on the lines. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me give you just like the, the quick synopsis here. In um, WGA and the SAJ, SAG. Uh, pushing for increased pay to counter rising inflation, shrinking residuals, mm-hmm. and the rise of streaming content. Both want to limit the use of artificial intelligence to generate con- content. Yeah. Uh, now, one example, I, I don't remember who it was, but there was some actor who posted um, her list, her residual pay on TikTok or something like that. And it listed mm-hmm. all the episodes that she was in for a whole season. And just, it was like two pages worth. Do, 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 do. At mm-hmm. the very bottom, the, the payout was $27. Oh yeah. So yeah, the, these people, actors, writers, they are not getting paid, especially the, the, the streaming owners are, they're just, they are stealing from the poor and giving to the rich hmm. without a doubt. Uh, the timeline here is uh, back in April 17th, the WGA, they started striking. Mm-hmm. Um, late night shows, late night talk shows, uh, Saturday Night Live, they all went dark or canceled shows. Um, last week, Tonight with John Oliver ended mm-hmm. indefinitely, which mm-hmm. I'm really, really sad about that because that's one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mayhem, I always have trouble with her name. May Mayam Bialyak, Mayam Bialik, Mayam Bialik. Thank you. Uh, she stepped away from hosting Jeopardy mm-hmm. since she was a SAG member. Uh, Ken Jennings took over since he's just a guy. <laughs> I guess does that technically make him a scrub though, or a scab because he's not an actor? Well, he doesn't have a card, so no. I guess we'll we'll get into that because that's kind of like a gray area. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. In June, the Directors Guild uh, approved a new contract with the Producer mm-hmm. uh, Guild, which I found that to be a little interesting. Producer or directors were getting what they asked for, mm-hmm. which means they either weren't asking for much other than what they were already getting, or the Producer Guild was like, just give it to them. We don't care. Yep. <laughs> There's only so many of them. We only have like 20 directors. Who cares about the rest? Who? Okay. Uh, one, one thing, uh, one thing I've always been kind of curious about this is, um, what what's the assumed like um, feeding chain in Hollywood? How do you say? Okay, so um, if we're thinking about like, I can understand. I I I, I, under, I kind of understood why the writers were going on strikes because it's very much like a gig economy and has been forever, and it's really easy to get railroaded. Um, yeah. If you're doing well for yourself, then you're doing well for yourself, and congratulations. But you're not a millionaire. You might be pulling in six figures, but a lot of people in Hollywood are getting paid way more than you are. Well, that, that's a problem. That Some people who are receiving five, six figures, mm-hmm. uh, the cost of living in Los Angeles is just, just so astronomically high with their insurance and their um, 
guild fees and um, some other fees that they have to pay that they're yeah. going home with almost nothing. And the price of an In-N-Out burger. <laughs> <laughs> double, double. Well, that's your own choice at that point. Yeah. yeah, right. That's why I wasn't going to hold the six figures against them. Like whenever... When it, uh, not to use this as like a diehard barometer, but whenever I mentioned what I was getting paid while living in New York, people would be like, why did you give that up? And it's like, because you're paying $2,400 a month for rent, dude. That's why. Well, it's not as much. That's not why, but that, it's not as much as you think, you know? Mm-hmm. So there are expenses that mount. And especially if you're living in Los Angeles, that's another kind of a question for another day. Uh, because remote working should alleviate those uh, hard, those kinds of hardships or at least obligations. Um, but well, whatever, whatever. You're yeah. living in Los Angeles. You're networking in Los Angeles. You're paying Los Angeles um, uh, cost of living. Uh, what? Let's see. In, in July, the, uh, the the Screen Actor Guild decided mm-hmm. to join the strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what are we now? We're in July, mm-hmm. April, May, June, July. We're three months into the strike of Hollywood, basically being shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody from the Producer Guild basically leaked out the the, and this was confirmed to come from them. Uh, the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses. Oh. That, you pro wrestlers aren't that big of heels. Yeah. Actually, Jay was telling me something yesterday about how uh, some of the picket lines, uh, studio um, property managers, are, uh, I'm hoping to get this right, studio property managers are being told to uh, trim uh most of the shade trees located on property so that the picketers um they don't overheat but so that the picketers are not as able to picket for as long as they want to oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah they're, because... they're doing like all these tactics to try and make mm-hmm. life difficult for the picketers yeah uh let's see um so the last time we had like a, a big shutdown in production like this over 15 years ago but this is also the first time that both the actors and the writers are striking at the same time, so nothing is getting done. I'd assume because the writers' uh, industry stands to be pretty roundly fucking cratered if they fail, and the actors are getting in on it because of, uh, like you mentioned before, there are artificial ways to replicate or at least squeeze performances out of somebody who doesn't play ball. Yeah, and it's, it's not just like the the head writers and the the top actors. It's like mm-hmm. all the the background actors. And the the side bit writers and like all the little people, they just, they're not they can't go off and work somewhere else because they have to devote their time to this thing, mm-hmm. and they can't make a living since they have to work on this thing. That it, that's, yeah, that's like if being if being an out of work graphics op is this painful, I couldn't even fucking imagine what being an out of work writers uh, screenwriters like. Uh, Rob with the knowledge, both Robs with the knowledge actually. Yeah. Game shows, reality shows, soap operas, they have a different union, are not all under SAG rules. And wrestling writers don't count apparently either. That's kind of funny because wrestling shows and soap operas are produced very similarly. <laughs> I mean, I know it's kind of obvious that people compare them all the time, but they have to be like written in stage day and day. I've been told that like people that star on soap operas treat it very much like a day job. Which is why that one guy's been doing that soap opera for like fucking 50 years by this point. Yeah, the way soap operas work is they're network owned. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the network themselves pay them, so the they are contracted differently. Plus, yeah. I I know uh, with like some TV shows, they would have this room full of everyday right. They would have the head writer, and then five or six support writers, and then maybe three or four um, bit side writers who they would come in. They would submit. In some shows, they were required by the union to take one of the scripts from these side guys and use it in the show in some yeah. way, at least once a season. Mm-hmm. So those like side guys were always fighting. It's like, hey, here's my here's my story. Yeah. So that it's kind of like that. Um, game shows they work under a different kind of contract than other actors and writers. So it's it's more of the production house. Because uh, I remember the last time there was a writer strike, mm-hmm. uh, Letterman stayed on air because he met his writers' demands. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, writers who were under the network level, because uh, Letterman owned his own show, he was allowed to do that if he wanted. Worldwide to. Pants, that yeah, was, that was his production company, right? Yeah, he owned it, so he was allowed to cross picket lines. Like, okay, yeah, here, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you. Mm-hmm. And I think Conan eventually did the same thing. Um, really? After, well, eventually. Huh? Not not at first. Like the first couple of weeks, I don't know. Actually, no, he didn't because his show was owned by NBC from the get go, so he couldn't cross the lines. I thought the let. Oh, I thought you were talking about when TBS was when he was on TBS. Sorry. Oh no no, this was 15 years ago when he was still, uh, probably before even his Tonight Show run. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's kind of too bad that talk show hosts don't have their own union. <laughs> uh, well, that, yeah, they're reason. all under the network umbrella, basically. Right, and yeah. Also, with professional wrestlers, I actually wondered that, like two things. First off, these guys are on TV all the time and they're talking. Why don't they have SAG membership? It, it's different rules, apparently, for wrestlers. But they do have writers. Um, well, but they're themselves that was like one of vince's big things for the, for the longest time right yeah no no unions. no union yeah and still there's no union jimmy hoffa on that yeah uh <laughs> but uh the, the the writers who are working on like a freelance level so they have different kind of contracts in the regular sag mm-hmm. uh and wga writers yeah yeah uh, also to pile on here, the theater workers union is holding a vote to authorize a strike as well. Now, who are the theater worker union? Is that are we talking movie theaters or are we talking uh, Broadway style theater? And I think either way, it's uh, I, I never really thought Broadway was having an issue. I thought they, they all get paid pretty well. Or, uh, well, there's there's overlap with the talent pool that works in Hollywood. It's typically uh you know, it's kind of like a thing. The Broadway. Okay. okay. You know, it's kind of like a thing for when uh, somebody's not doing a movie cycle at the moment that they do a run on Broadway for a little while. It's usually like... I remember Tom Holland was doing um, a live show uh, back in the UK between Spider-Man shoots. And whenever that show would go off season, he would be available to do the next Spider-Man movie. I, I kind of assume it works kind of like that. But I kind of thought that they were completely different markets. That's weird. Yeah, You're they not- are they are different uh, contract situations, but at the same time, uh, if they are organized in a union, they can um, coincide and work with these other unions and strike with them if they want to. Yeah, sure, but a live performer is not going to be replaced by an AI construct or anything. 
now that raises another question. Um, I mean, first I mean, off, have you ever read anything written by an AI? Oh my God, how could that pass as a script? <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think writers are in danger of like losing their jobs to artificial intelligence. I believe they're in danger of losing their positioning within an already like fucking glutted marketplace. So the fu- the funny thing is that like when this writer strike first happened, I was just like. Now, how do like the little writers that are like you know, not working and bored and probably pretty fucking bitter right now, not like fucking storming the gates of these places to be like, look, I got a, I got a stack of fucking scripts like taller than me. How about you like to buy all of these? And wouldn't um, wouldn't like any studio had to be like, all right, well we got to put something on. Sure, here's like. $12,000 for your lifetime's body of work. And that writer would be like, God, I have fucking $12,000 now. <laughs> the the actor who played Hellboy in the two movies. Um, uh, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He put out a video, TikTok, mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, where he wasn't, he, he was like legally dancing around it, so he wasn't exactly saying, let's do this, but he was uh, kind of hinting Hey, let's go to the CEOs and burn their houses down. I love Ron. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was it was very, very like, I'm sure if he has a lawyer, he's like, Ron, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I, fucking Perlman is so great. I, I, I dig him because, you know, he actually means his shit. There are people that like there are people there are famous people that get on Twitter and and say stuff that you wonder to yourself in reading it if that's like are you saying this just because everyone else is saying it or whatever no ron fucking means it you know he does because he stands to get in so much shit for half of the stuff that he tweets or puts on tiktok or whatever his content is just incendiary without aim and completely reckless it's like that oh that kind of honesty is so rare especially in hollywood yeah and and now in like in support of him uh-huh. Uh, the the thing is that to carry a lighter. Oh uh, yeah, and just, like at random, just flick it. That's fine. If Hollywood pushes him out, he can just go back over to France or Spain or whatever and keep doing porn. <laughs> that's that's where he started making his money. Like after uh, after Beauty and the Beast was done, he was like, "Well, fuck, I don't have anything to do. All right, I'll learn Spanish. I'll do some Mexican films." I didn't uh, know that. Mm-hmm. He knows Spanish and French. Oh, yeah. So he was doing. Uh, that's actually he. Uh, that's where he first. Uh, I guess uh, was in a Guillermo del Toro production was in Kronos, right? And he didn't play the main character. He was like a side character uh, and he was mute through most of it. But oh. then he uh, he starred in um, City of Lost Children for uh, Giancarlo. Um, and then that he spoke fluent French. So he might have always known French after that. And then he came back to do uh, some more stuff for del Toro later on. But, I can't yeah. imagine somebody as gruff of him speaking an elegant language as French. It's fucking bizarre. I'm not gonna yes, lie. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. And that movie was a bit sus in a couple of scenes too, to begin with. It's a great movie, but <laughs> you're dealing with like foreign mindsets at the same time, and it's like with Ron Perlman in the mix, kind of like a fever dream experience. But you know that you've you've seen you've seen Delicatessen before, right? It's a post-apocalyptic movie about a butcher who. Um, serves meat to his community but it's human meat and the human meat comes from members of the community and 
You remember this? No, I, it's it's like it's right there. It's like I think I've seen it before, but all I'm thinking of is soiling green. It's okay. <laughs> it's it is, it is a little bit soiling green, but it's you know mostly long pig. Um, in French, whatever that might be. Um, gros chocon or cochon. Uh, but um, yeah. So those movies are very broad and very cartoony, you know, but without mm-hmm. CG and without those special effects and stuff, because that was that's that's how they were you know designed to be. Uh, that's how they were made, and um, it was a perfect fit for Perlman uh, yeah, doing those. But they're fucking crazy experiences. <laughs> hey, folks, uh, editor Bob speaking in here, and I'm just cutting in to let you guys know that this discussion did get really good, and we started going a little long that we normally would on these kind of situations. So I'm going to ask you guys tune in for the next podcast where we're going to continue this discussion, continue our live questions as we go. And I really, if you're enjoying it so far, I think you're going to enjoy the second half without a doubt. So for right now, I'm just going to say I am Skipper Bob or editor Bob, whatever floats your boat. And this is the Cretans Guild podcast part of the Podfix Network. You can find links to all of our socials down below. You can find us on Instagram and uh, the Twitters. Twitters is still a thing, I think. Hopefully, by the time this comes out, we'll find out. Until then, guys, thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Guild. This was a podcast of the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.